Hello, folks. It's Jay from Jay Talk here to talk about Anchor. We just switched to Anchor from our previous hosting service for our podcast. Uh, a couple of highlight points. It's free. Um, it's got great tools for recording and editing your podcast on your phone or on the computer, on the phone, on the go. Make some good content there. Um, you can also add some songs from Spotify. Uh, make your own radio show. Look forward to mine. Uh, I hope you guys like it. Um, of course, Anchor has great tools for publishing or distributing your podcast to other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and then you can try it. You can make money off your podcast, you know, with no minimum listenership. Um, it's really everything you need, and, and I love the analytics. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, welcome to Jay Talk. I'm Jay Ramsey. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, as usual, we'd like to wonder, uh, welcome our wonderful co-host, Nick from the Nick Drop. Yo-ho! What's going on, people? Hey, how are you today? Man, it was a good day. I did find out that I'm going to have to have shoulder surgery next week, but other than that, it's all good. Okay, good for you. Yeah. No, you know, get a week off of work, sit around in pain, try to find some pretty nurses to give me a sponge bath. I'm all good with it. Okay, sound like a plan. Yes, it does. There goes the sponge bath ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, did, I thought I turned that off. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no worries, man. Well, folks, we're... Uh, we're going to do something a little different. We got a guest in the show today, and uh, we'll let Nick introduce him since it's uh, one of Nick's friends. Yeah, man, we got to talking. I was telling everybody all about Jay Talk and, and all the good stuff that we're doing on the podcast. <clears throat> and a coworker of mine came up to me and says, Man, we could tell all about it. So uh, I thought I'd be, thought I'd get him in here and I talk to Jay, and we got this thing going on. And I'd like to introduce him to you. His name is Dave Patterson. And like I said, we're kind of co-workers. And um, he told me all about this really interesting stuff that Jay and I are really intrigued with called block chain, block chains and bitcoins and industry. Well, hey, wh- welcome to the podcast, the David. Yes. Welcome so, to the dude, show. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate actually everything that you guys have done with your platform. This is great. I love it. Uh, the content's amazing. Um, you guys are doing wonderful work. I actually you. appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's good stuff. Yeah, he's one of our he's one of our hardcore followers. Oh. He'll come walking into the office and look at me and go, really. <laughs> that woman really did that to you on that online bank business. It's hilarious. Pretty funny. There but you yeah, go. That did good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did. They all break my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah, I'm glad uh, glad to see we've got some loyal followers and uh, glad you're enjoying the content. So, and happy to have you on the show. You know, it, if anything, we can bring this content to our our uh, whole fan base, and maybe somebody will learn something and and benefit from it. And that's the goal, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's kind of uh, what I've morphed my spare time into um, is education and, um, you know, kind of supporting those people that are wanting to know more about this industry. So now is this this is about kind of like 
like I absolutely know nothing about it. I've heard about bitcoins. I've never heard about blockchain. That's that right? Yeah, you said okay. it right. So I I have an idea that bitcoins are basically that you're trading stocks with it. I, you know, I I don't know. No, no. Yeah, uh, that's a good perspective to have on it. But it's actually just it's uh, more than that as well. So what we'll go into is the core concepts of what Bitcoin is and its underlying technology first. Okay. So uh, I'll kind of give you my my background. Um, I've been in the telecom industry since age of 12, kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad actually started off in telecom industry when I was born and um, worked for obviously different uh, large companies, GTE, Verizon, etc., and um, I used to do ride-alongs with them. And uh, so, learning how to build infrastructure from scratch and understanding, you know, the needs that people have in the world when it comes to infrastructure in a rural, or urban, and uh, environment right. um, was, you know, a big eye-opener from, you know, age of twelve. Um, now I work for a very large uh, oil and gas company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ain't nothing wrong with oil and gas, man. I don't care what anyone says. Come on now. Always need it. Always yeah. need it. Exactly. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Similar so, to what blockchain industry is right now. Not going anywhere anytime soon. Wow. I'm interested. Okay. I really want to know more about this. I want to make more money. <laughs> Everybody does, Nick. Everybody does. Oh, yeah. So, um, so uh, what I've done recently is I've started a company, and uh, what I'm doing is educational services. Um, not a plug for myself, but, you know, that's kind of my core fundamental values is education, right? So, we do that in our nine-to-five. We also do that with our kids and our family because of our nine to five, right? So right. it kind of natural was a great per- progression for me. So back in uh, 2012, um, I saw a news article about Bitcoin and um, everybody was trading it and it was going to take over the world. It was this new currency. And I was intrigued because, you know, I saw um a new frontier because you know you guys were a part of that evolution going from no internet to internet right so right. you guys got to see that the dot com boom right and you know this article kind of was relating what was happening in that era to what we're going on right now are you trying to say we're old <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm trying to say you guys are well seasoned. Well seasoned. Yeah, okay. We got to write. I'm going to write that one down. Well seasoned. I love it. Okay. I'm just making sure because, you know. Because, no, he was still alive when he didn't have a cell phone. So oh, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I went through the beeper, two-way pager, uh, flip phone, uh, well, uh, Nokia. Brick. <laughs> brick the blackberry yeah, days indestructible yeah and the blackberry days was, was also indestructible phone as well too the sprint walkie talkies yes that there was, you go yes yeah, next tell uh, next tell next yeah, tell, next tell chirp yeah oh man dope era i wish we still had that because uh 
solve a lot of problems. They sure would. <laughs> no radios. No, exactly. Um, uh, I so, didn't mean to, uh, but you know, you, you're calling us old here. You know, it's it's you know, <laughs> come on, man. So and age is nothing but a number. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is where I, I love the banter. It, this is what we do with our friends and family. So yeah, exactly. Why not do it here? Yeah. It makes us real, right? Exactly. Genuine. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. So, Finish what you're saying. Yes. So uh, 2012 uh, was an eye-opener for me, right? Yeah. So I started reading all of these articles, and it eventually made my way to Satoshi's white paper. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> kind of a name drop, right? Yeah. So you're like, who who in the hell is that? <laughs> I've never heard of it before. before right? Satoshi? So uh, Satoshi Nakamoto is a pseudonym. No one knows who uh, he or she or it is. Wow. Um, uh, it was a white paper that came out of nowhere that was circling the internet. And it talked about a new wave of currency. Something that's decentralized, not governed by a central authority or country or uh, what's another technical term that they like to now um, kind of on a blank now. But um, nation state is also another one as well. Right. Right. So uh, no central authority. Um, it resides on the Internet and everybody can have a copy of it. And it's open source. Um, it also is. Um, immutable. It cannot be changed without consent by the network itself. Just, you know, but it's all electronic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all electronic. Okay. So when I heard about this, I was very intrigued. I was like, oh well, you know, I'm already building infrastructure. This is a new wave of infra- infrastructure, and it solves some um, four fundamental problems in our world, right? Right. So I read Satoshi's white paper, and I started telling a whole bunch of friends about it, co-workers. I was like, dude, we need to jump on this now. You know, that's how it works, right? Everybody's like, right. new frontier. I want to jump in. I want to, you know, sink my teeth in. I want to make some money. And I watched Bitcoin go from like $26 to $59 in really? a couple of days. Man. And I, I had I just got my company bonus and I was like, I need to buy in. But I need to bring some people with me. Right? Right. And... <laughs> that definitely did not happen. People thought I was crazy. Didn't know well, what that's I was what talking it is. about. You know, like you're talking about some new wave of money that's not regulated by, you know, the government, no FDIC, you know, uh, it resides on the internet. And, you know, it, things get hacked all the time. So, and I guess it, a lot of people's, I guess, adverse condition is, is it seems more like a, global money exchange instead of a you know each one and and a lot of people are afraid of the global you know one world order situation so how would you answer to that so that's all about the intent of of the core network right so if the intent is to fix and support those that are uh impoverished or um kind of in situations that they can't get out of due to infrastructure constraints, then yes, you could design a network that is globalized, that controls everyone. But when you have something that's open source and everybody has a copy of it 
and everybody can see what's going on in the network, it's really, really hard to manipulate things. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't say I disagree or agree. I'm just I'm trying to be a devil's advocate. Yeah, making you kind of reach out and explain things to people so they won't have a bad feeling or a good, you know, I think it's a, you got to really truly understand, you know, what they're trying to do. And I agree, the open source is the way to go. Um, I just, you know, there are going to be people out there that look at it and say, you know, what's what's to stop them from, you know, making this a global? So, you know, the open source always, it seems like it, really opens the things up for competition and so i just i just wanted to ask that question kind of you know get your feel on it no no and and that's actually a good question um i always go back to the initial intent of what you know uh you know people are trying to do with what you know concepts they actually uh, broadcast so even like if you look at bitcoin as a whole, the initial intent was to fix a core fundamental problem with our financial infrastructure, right? So it, Bitcoin started out in, in 2008, and the white paper was circling 2008. 2009 is when the, when the, mark, uh, when the network started to get uh, globalized and decentralized, right? Okay, yeah. So, so we'll go through through the fundamental uh, uh, underlying technology of Bitcoin. So in Bitcoin and uh, blockchain technologies, you have uh, these things called blocks. And blocks have uh, data in it. And those, that data can be anything. Um, but it's how that data is uh, uh, linked together is what makes it a chain. Yes. So, so can I ask? So it's similar yeah. to like a database where you chain information together. Yes. Okay. And and then you uh so the, what you have is a, a, a the initial core genesis block, which is the first block of transactions that's ever been broadcast on a network. That core uh that genesis block has a a a few transactions on the bottom layer of it, and that gets. Uh, swung over to the next block as a copy. Okay. And now you have verification between those two blocks. So imagine uh, when you go to an ATM, your, uh, your bank, central authority, gives you access to your money with a bank card. You go to an ATM, you put your bank card in, and it shows you how much money you actually have in the bank. Now, that is uh, a basically a ledger, yep. right? It's a it's stored in database and it's querying a database. Correct. Yeah, and they're giving access to that database, right? And they give it to you whether it's from their bank or another ATM's bank, or so the ledger is somewhat globalized, right? But right. centrally located on servers. Uh, in different parts of the world, in different parts of the country. Correct. So what what Bitcoin has done is taking the Bitcoin transactions and put them in blocks and then linking those blocks together, which is what they consider a blockchain. Okay. Now, with 
Bitcoin, you have people that need or what they call miners or network validators that process those transactions. So those transactions, let's say, Jay, you send a transaction to Nick. That needs to be processed by a validator. They need to validate that transaction, one, has been sent, two, is a real transaction, and three, follows the network protocols that are designed by the creator. Right. So, essentially, that is kind of an open ledger to everyone. Everybody has access to it. They can see every single transaction on the network. How you secure that make sure it is not hackable from an outside source and changed, you do two things. You encrypt it, number one, and number two, you have it decentralized to where everybody gets a copy of that ledger. So that's where you call the cryptocurrency. Right. So the crypto is going to reside in those blocks, and we are all transacting in that crypto and it is on a distributed ledger that ledger is globalized and on the net on the internet anybody can download a copy of that ledger at any moment in time and that ledger is uh kind of important in the long-term scheme of things because what you tend to happen is Things that we have seen in the past where ledgers have been changed, money has been moved or misplaced, or no one knows where it is. <laughs> U.S. Treasury has gone through that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> Unbeknownst, right? I okay. mean, I've lost a $5 bill that I left in a pair of jeans or something like that. And that happens, that happens all the time. <laughs> or somebody took, you know, a $100 bill, swindled with a line of Coke, and then now that $100 bill's got Coke all over it. Right. So you would consider uh, Bitcoin as a 1.0 blockchain technology, right? Okay. Because it, it doesn't have a lot of features. It, the initial intent was to have a peer-to-peer network that was um, also a great store of value in case of a massive market crash like we had in 2008, 2009. Okay. Makes sense. So, right. So... Um, the cool thing also about Bitcoin is we all know the max supply of Bitcoin, 21 million tokens. Okay. I did, I did just read that as a matter of fact. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So unlike gold, we don't know what the max supply is. We don't know where all the gold is. We don't know who has the gold and we don't know how much is going to be created or minted. Right. So that's kind of creates market fluctuation so you're not really sure what the price is going to be in the long run you kind of just you know people create markets by buying and selling and then you don't really know how much other people are buying and selling for because it's not really tracked right right so it's a fair point yeah so and then it's kind of hard to hold Gold, right? So, like, uh, where do you store your gold if you wanted to keep it in your house? In a safe? Yeah, until somebody says it's still safe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you're constantly paranoid about, like, is it still in the safe? Let me open the safe up. Okay. Nobody's looking. All right. 
I got the combo. I open the safe. The gold is there. I'm going to close the door back. That's cool. Or you're buried in the backyard and your uh, long guy finds it. Yeah. Or your dog digs your it dog up. digs it up. And your wife finds it. Neighbor. <laughs> you sell the house and forget to unbury it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, it was illegal at one point in time to own gold in the United States. Right. So that. Yeah, so if if that can happen, if the you know a central small group of people can say, "Hey, we need to change the market by saying this is illegal," like, okay, well, I'm a taxpayer, I live in this country, who decided that this was a good idea, right? I know people, you know, fam- family and friends and coworkers and business owners. And, you know, the list goes on. That did not say that they were consenting to this. <laughs> How did this happen? Well, you know, there's a reason why we were taken off the gold standard. And uh, it once the gold standard was uh, removed, it was easier to create more money. And it was easier to move money throughout the whole world and it was easier and faster to trade but that means that the supply of the money is diminished because you're printing more of it oh of course 100 percent. and then it's hard to track too when it comes to taxes so we get off the gold standard federal reserve you know created they're doing their thing they have this wonderful great contract for the history of the united states and they get to do you know set uh interest rates however they want with a small group of people and you know eventually we have to deal with that okay so let's get back to the bitcoin thing so i'm sitting here looking at a website and i don't even know what these numbers are telling me it's gemini it's called cryptocurrency and it has Bitcoin, it has Ether, it's got a whole bunch of other ones. It's got doggy coins, polka dots, <laughs> Bitcoin yeah. cash and all that stuff. But it's saying that this particular Bitcoin, it says thirty nine thousand two hundred twenty blah blah blah, and then it has in red seventeen hundred bucks and it's got four point seven what does that mean? All right, so that is the current uh yeah, market just, price for one Bitcoin. And it just changed. Right. And it, it's gonna change. And uh, you got to pay $40,000 for one Bitcoin. Yes. But here's the cool thing. It's divisible to eight millibits. So you can have a tenth of a cent. Or an eighth of a cent. So if I wanted to buy a Bitcoin right now, buy Bitcoin, what do I do? How much is it going to cost me? Well, well it depends on how much you want to buy. Yeah. If I want to buy one Bitcoin. Why do you think you need one Bitcoin? It's not, not my point. I think my <laughs> point is I don't understand. I don't. I want to get to the nuts and bolts to begin with. What is a Bitcoin? What does it do? I mean, you talked a lot about the infrastructure layout. I'm gone. You guys lost me 30 minutes ago. <laughs> We're already 24 minutes into the podcast, mm-hmm. and we still don't even know what a Bitcoin really is. So I want to buy one Bitcoin. Doesn't matter what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. How do I? I mean. How do I buy a Bitcoin? 
Oh, that's a great question. What you do is you sign up for, on an exchange. Gemini is actually an exchange owned okay. by the Winklevoss twins. Right? Right. So you okay. sign up. You go through what they call KYC, know your customer. Yeah. Okay. Usually that's like name, phone number, address, uh, valid ID, driver's license, passport, et cetera. Right? right? Which gives you access to their exchange because they want to know who you are because government's telling them they need to know who you, who's buying this stuff, right? Okay. Right, right, right. So now you get to <clears throat> buying a Bitcoin. All right. So the cool thing about Bitcoin is you can have fractions of it. Fractions of one Bitcoin. Yes, sir. You don't have to buy one Bitcoin. You can buy a tenth of okay, a Bitcoin. Okay, so let's just say I want to step into this game right now, sign up. They have, you know, a Johnson yeah. size and how tall I and all that stuff, right? <laughs> and I want to get, I want to take a hundred dollar bill and I want to start this game. Okay. Does that give me one hundredth of a Bitcoin? I mean, how does that? So there, there are buy uh, minimum orders that you can, that you have to fulfill, right? So you can't buy like a penny of a Bitcoin, right? Because there's uh, transaction fees. Okay. And Gemini is a service provider. Because they own an exchange, they have fees, so that's why you can't buy that. So there's there's a minimal, minimal, minimum buy. Yeah, yeah, each exchange is a little bit different. So you have Gemini, you uh, Coinbase is another popular one. Binance is another popular one. Um, Robinhood, uh, Kraken. <laughs> we'll talk about Robinhood. Yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> so we still haven't. What's the minimal buy-in? It, it does does it does vary per exchange and and if you go through it'll actually tell you what the minimum buy in um I think uh well I I usually buy like a hundred dollars at a time so so you can put in a hundred dollars and go oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah. you can buy you can buy probably five to ten dollars yeah no problem see, this is where it says supply limit twenty one million yes yeah so that's the cool thing is too so daily uh, I think about nine hundred Bitcoin are minted. Okay. All right. Now, what ends up happening is the the way how that process works is you have miners that are minting these tokens. So a miner's job is to do two things: validate transactions and try to solve a uh uh, uh algorithmic uh math problem. So that math problem is pretty cool, right? Right. So. As uh, they're trying to solve the math problem, unless you're trying to sign up right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find what the actual Bitcoin, they actually had one on here. So go ahead. Yeah, so uh, so that, that miner, um, as they're minting new tokens, right, they're actually getting paid to validate the network. So they're the ones who actually have the Bitcoin. Right. And so, eventually what ends up happening is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so eventually what ends up happening is those miners need to, those mining operations need to pay for uh, power consumption because it's a large amount of computing power. So I don't know if you knew this, Nick, but do you know who the miners are? That would be a no. Okay, so actually, I still don't even know what a Bitcoin is. Okay, so the <laughs> the mine we we barely scratched the surface on. How all this thing got started. I know. And so, well, I just wanted to share with you because this affects people like me. 
Okay. So the miners are guys who sit in a room with one computer and 50 video cards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because the NVIDIA video cards allow them to mine Bitcoin. Yeah, you can you can mine a Bitcoin with uh, graphics cards, yes. So we were doing, just like we used to do mining in our game yes star wars yes so i would i would vamp up my character by going into the bar and dancing because yeah. that's what she was in. <laughs> yeah 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 so that's all they're okay. doing is they're doing the same thing but they're doing it for real life bitcoin and so that's driven the value of video cards way high and making the um availability of video cards extremely rare so for gamers like me, it's almost impossible to get a video card because the Bitcoin miners have literally just as soon as they hit the market, they buy them up. Right. So the, the industry's kind of changed too. So um, you had companies step in and make these things called ASIC miners. So ASIC miners are dedicated mining machines that are designed by a particular company called Bitmain. And there, there, there are smaller companies as well. And I think even... Uh, Samsung's getting into playing that game as well. So they got one PC with 50 monitors? No, 50 video 50 cards. They don't even need monitors card. hooked up to them. Really? Yeah. 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 See, and, that, and then a lot of people have migrated from using graphics cards and they're using these ASIC miners. They're pretty expensive, but they're power-heavy consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So that's why a lot of those miners reside in China because power is super cheap in China. Power oh. is super cheap in UK. Okay, so we got a we bought us we bought a hundred dollars worth of a of a fraction of a Bitcoin. What's next? Well, there's a lot of things you can do with Bitcoin. You there can you, <laughs> you can buy computer equipment. You can travel with it. You can uh, pay for a plane ticket. You'd be surprised of all the things that on the inside part of Bitcoin and blockchain you can actually do with that. Right, so you, you buy $100 worth of a Bitcoin, and you have to pay all these service fees, of course, whatever they are. Let's just say they're $10, right? So you plug out $110. If I wanted to buy an airline ticket, it's... Okay, okay. so it, here, here's the whole thing, Nick, is Bitcoin fluctuates in value like a stock does. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we're starting to get where I understand that it's like... Trading stock. Yes, because like for instance, two months ago, one Bitcoin was equal to I think fifty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, that was uh earlier in the year, yes. Yeah. And now it's thirty nine. Yeah, yes. so it's lost value for tra- you know, so and that's US dollar to Bitcoin value. But it's no different than thinking about what your transfer rate is. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's no different than thinking about if you're converting from American to yen. That is what this is. Is you're you're converting a United States dollar to a Bitcoin. If you Correct. convert it when it's at 25,000 and then you convert it back at 50,000, well there you go. You know, that's where you make the money. Yes. Yes. Now, when I do it I buy in at fifty thousand, and then I sell out at like 
five dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't let you do that. I won't let you do that. I won't let you do that. So that's the cool thing about Bitcoin, right? There's uh, in the blockchain industry, there's clear market cycles, right? So, and I'll give you a reason why. So the algorithm every four years, um, there is a change in the algorithm. So the reward for minting a new block, right? right. When their miners are trying to solve that uh, math problem, uh, the reward changes every four years. So in the beginning, in 2009, it was 50 Bitcoin for solving one block. Okay. Four years later, it was 25. Four years after that, it was 12 point. Right. Exactly. And okay. right now we're in the what they call the fourth halving. Having so right now we're at 6.25 Bitcoin per block. So an initial part of the first four years, you had a lot of Bitcoin, and now you have less being minted every day. Is it ever going to go the other direction? No, because that's not how the algorithm was designed. So what happens when it gets down to zero? Then they'll just be processing transactions, and the algorithm will continue. Uh, and essentially, yes. So what this is, if you can, if you look at Bitcoin as a whole and said, this is a new wave of internet money, but Bitcoin is like the gold standard for the new internet money. So in a, in the, uh, in a long grand scheme of things, uh, right now you're going to see a big price increase, right? Because if you go from 12.625, right? Right. To 6.25, right? The, the coins that you're minting at 12 to 6.25 is actually more rare now than it's ever been before. It drives the value up. Have, right. So the value has to increase. Okay. So you'll make more money when it drops like uh, you can make money. So, so that's, that's the other side of it. So that's the investor trader side, right? So the investor trader side, uh, you want to look at the market as a whole and say, all right, let's look at the big macro picture. What is the return on investment per year? Right. Right. So does Bitcoin have a uptrend every year? Yes. Bitcoin has consistently given people returns every year based upon that algorithmic halving, right? Because the miners mint new tokens, the miners sell tokens to be able to pay for power consumption, which then also moves the price of the market. Now, if those miners are not making enough money, then they'll just turn the machines off and it slows down the network. Right. Which is what you don't want as a... Uh, as a provider to the network, right? Because right. you want people to be able to interact with the network. And that's not what the long-term vision of Bitcoin was. So in the aspect of Bitcoins versus, say, stocks, somebody makes money on stocks, but there's always a loser. Oh, and, yeah. There's always, okay. always will be winners so and losers. Even sure. when e- the same principle goes with Bitcoin, right? That's correct. Somebody's going to make money. Somebody's going to lose it. And what happens is those people that are not patient are the ones who always lose. 
Oh, in other words, the people that don't have a lucky horseshoe up their ass. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lucky horseshoe. It's yeah. all about studying the market. Well, that's what stocks are. I mean, yeah, in that, in that aspect, yeah. But maybe not on a grandioso scale because getting into the stock market, how many different companies are in that? You have to go through all of them and find out which one's going to make you money. Right, and the same thing happens in cryptocurrency. Really? In the blockchain, yes. There's that many choices? There's seven, over 7,000 tokens. And some of them are copies of other copies of copies or copies of Bitcoin or copies of another token that was released as well, like yeah. Ethereum. Or... And, and also, one of the factors that you have to think about is, you know, if there's a name brand that endorses one over another, because I think Tesla endorsed one over another, and so, of course, that one had a better value than the others. Um, you know, it, it, those are all influencers in the price. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. So Elon's a pretty smart guy. Elon's really good at rebranding companies, too. Right. So a lot of people don't notice that Elon didn't create Tesla. He bought Tesla. Right. Right. And then he rebranded Tesla and made it to what it is and almost sold it to Apple at one moment in time when he was like frustrated, you know, because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't panning out. It was becoming like a burden. He's got enough money. It wasn't going fast enough for him. That's Correct. Yeah. So. If you look at uh, the market conditions of Bitcoin, right, it very it, it's very trend uh, happy based off of that having. Right. So that every four year mark. So if you look at uh, last having that just happened, happened in last year, May. Right. OK. So we were like three thousand plus rating between three thousand and five thousand dollars. And the having happened and miners, you know, were like, hey, huh, these coins are more rare. They're kind of worth a little bit more. So they start holding or they start, you know, shutting miners off, kind of slows down the network, which kind of drives up demand, which then drives up the price, which oh, then, okay. there you go. I'm starting to get it. Right. So around December-ish, a couple things happen, right? So the halving happens in May. Price is starting to fluctuate. Um, Christmas bonuses are coming out. People are buying you know, are happy, but oh, the having great, no problem. We're gonna go over to make tons of money. Everybody always says the same thing. Right. But towards the end of the year, what ends up happening is, you know, people start going, "Oh man, I got taxes to pay." Kind of start selling off assets, etc. Then the beginning of the year, you got, you know, market conditions that slow down. Uh, budgets are halted. Right. Quarter one, people start releasing budgets. Quarter two, budgets are being ramped up to be spent in quarter three. And that's what you have right now. And that's why Bitcoin went from 3500 to about $58,000. Jesus. That's when you wanted to get in was right then when it was three grand. And then it jumps up to fifty-eight. And you sell it all, right? Yeah, but you don't have to sell it all. So that well, that, that creates a taxable event. We're yeah, going pre- I mean, to prevent it on this show. But I mean, <laughs> even 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 in a stock, even in a stock level, you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this stock in at twenty dollars a share. So I'm going to buy twenty thousand, whatever. Okay, and then it it hits. You you think to yourself, when this thing hits 
38, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. So it's the same principle with that. You go, okay, I'm three grand in on Bitcoin. So when that thing turns into five grand, I'm going to dump it all. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely do that. You can. I mean, that's, you know, and then you just turn around and wait for it to go down or whatever and then buy in. Learning. I like this. See, I like this. He's learning market conditions over here, man. This guy is a thinker, and yeah, I can see. I see Jay's. Jay's. Jay's got gears turning too. <laughs> see, here's a difference. If you want to talk about me and Jay, here's the difference between me and Jay. He has all the patience. I do not. We're going to teach you patience. Yeah. See, that's he's got all the. He's got all the bunny. I do not. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Wait a minute. Doesn't Dave have all the money? Because, you know, he's the one that's making all. He's probably a millionaire and he's just working for fun. I'll tell you, you, I missed out twice. I'm not doing it a third time. Okay. I'm a very, very, very patient man. I'll tell you this if you don't lose money in crypto, you're not doing it right. Okay. Okay. Here here you go. I got to share this with you. Dave, uh, you know, and Nick, you talked about, are there any losers? I just read an article, Tesla, $23 mm-hmm. million dollar Bitcoin loss last quarter. This story was posted two hours ago. Brand yep. new story. Yep. And you know what they're going to do? Double down and buy more. Yep. That's Man. exactly what they're going to do. Well, it's, it's because of, oh, man, there's so many things. It's, such a, it's a loaded topic. This whole industry is such a loaded topic, right? So you have uh, a very intelligent guy who has come from nothing and built us all the way up to being the richest man in the world. Are we talking about Bezo or Bezo, or are we talking about Elon? Oh, we're talking about Elon. Okay, Mister. Uh, I didn't think he was the richest man in the world. Is he? Oh, Bezo. Bezo. Well, Amazon dude's the richest guy in the world. Sometimes that can be debatable. Well, we're going to fix it in a debate while we're sitting here talking. But, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Let's get back on the uh-oh. Bitcoin, though. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, I think it's another guy. Bezos is, two, is number two. He's number two? Yeah, I think so. Bezos is number one. Number oh, one. Okay. Sorry. And $177 billion. There you go. That's Amazing. the Forbes. Who is the number one richest person in the world? When was that article posted? Jeff Benzo, Bezos. $201.8 billion. How far back is that, Elon? I don't know, but... Are they considering the uh, Bitcoin holdings, too? <laughs> I don't know. Right? Oh, what happened? I lost it. Richest person in 2012. There's Elon. Mm-hmm. He's number two. Is that 2012, you said? Oh, this is 2021. This is it. Oh, okay. Elon's number two. Yes. All right. Ooh. I would it look like I wonder it. I'm trying they, to get to the actual number. I wonder if they're considering his Bitcoin holdings. Could be. Elon kind of, yeah, right. So that, that's the thing we don't know, right? So but that's $23 million dollars is actually compared to what he has is a minor loss in his book. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, us oh, losing yeah. a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, so no that, and, that's why, and that's why he'll double down and buy more. Yeah, exactly. How do you even say that? The top 10 wealthiest people in the world are worth a thousand one hundred and fifty three billion, roughly eight point eight percent of the So a trillion. Trillion? Basically. Trillion dollars. Oh yeah. So Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, he's at hundred and fifty one billion. 
and Arnold, Bernard Arnold, mm-hmm. 150 billion. Yeah, Bill Gates. Gates. Yeah. And then shithead Zuckerberg. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> That's just. No, 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 no. So yeah, I have there, your opinion. I was please. looking. I was trying to see if it did have. I'm I'm scrolling through it really really fast, Jay, but I don't see anything in here that actually kind of rolls over on the Bitcoin aspect of it. Oh, if it tells. See, that's, yeah, go ahead. No, that, so that's actually one of the things too. Is, uh, is it all their assets? All the, you know what I mean? Like, because even it, these guys right now are they're playing some dope games, right? So. You can have a stock and you as a rich man, you can take a loan out on that stock and you don't lose the stock. Right. right? And you're also not creating capital gains. Yep. And you can do the same thing in Bitcoin, too. Yeah, you, you can, can do you the can, same you thing with your 401k. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Yeah. I can gamble with my life some more. Yeah. <laughs> the last time hey. I gambled. OK. The last time I gambled with my life like that, I got married. Look what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so so Elon Musk, fifty years old, he's worth one hundred fifty-one billion. Tesla ownership stake seventeen point seven, which is a little over almost one hundred and ten mm-hmm. billion. Yeah. Space exploration technology twenty-nine billion. Blah blah blah. But Boeing company hundred million. They did all that. I'm looking, trying to read through here really fast to see if there's anything that has to do with crypto or. Bitcoin yeah, they're, prob- they're probably not considering his holding, but that's okay. Yeah, they're, they're probably not either. Right. Try to focus more on his. When did the Bitcoin stuff start? 2008, Eight? technically. Yeah, because see, he, they're going back as far as 04. That's that's the cool thing, too. Like, Elon, he, I think he's been holding for a long time, but he kind of hints at when he bought. He doesn't really say exactly. Dirty dog, <laughs> which is which is a real. It's actually a real big thing in crypto. You're not supposed to really talk about how your bags and right. how much you have. Not one of those things. It's supposed to be like uh, anonymous how much you have. It's a faux so, pas if you actually tell. Tell, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like you just you're being trying to be flashy and talk about your Lambo. How much? How many times you bought a Lambo? Yeah, because. That's what everybody wants to buy when they buy crypto. They want to go, they want to lamb, they want it to moon and go Lambo and buy Lambo. <laughs> Listen to so, you. So, one of the cool things too was uh, um, the creation of other tokens, right? Yep. So, you have uh, Litecoin, you have Dogecoin, you have Ethereum, and uh, basically uh, you can separate those, right, in categories like 1.0 blockchain 2.0 blockchain 3.0 blockchain so you would consider bitcoin as no longer a peer-to-peer network because of how slow it is and how other uh uh coins move and how fast they move and how fast they transact right okay so you look at a bitcoin as more of a, a greater store of value for a long haul so right under that is Litecoin created by Charlie Lee, right? Uh, so Litecoin, uh, faster transactions would be like the silver to Bitcoin's gold standard. Okay. 
And what they did was they, they basically copied that network and made some additional improvements to make it faster. Okay, makes so sense. Then, right. So then you have Dogecoin, which was just a meme currency. And I kind of give my perspective on that here shortly. So <laughs> I always love that. Yeah, because I've heard this term before, that it's a meme currency. It's hilarious. Which one? Which one? A Dogecoin. Okay. Dogecoin. And it's and spelled dog, doggy coin, but it's Dogecoin. <laughs> it's Dogecoin. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. I'm trying to get back to that page so that I could rip off a bunch of them. And I saw it says doggy coin. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, but that's exactly what it was. It was supposed to be a meme. It was supposed to be like, hey, look, this is how easy it is to, to create a cryptocurrency. Ha, 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 ha. And we'll put a, we'll put a bunch of memes behind it. And it kind of just became this pump and dump uh, like stock. Yes. Right. And it was really, really easy to see that it was a pump and dump stock. So um, 70 percent, I think, of the supply is there you go. 77. I think 70 percent of the supply is like is distributed between like 100 uh, addresses on the network. Yeah. So it's super centralized. Right. So I try to explain to people like you, sh- you, hey, do what you want, invest in what you want, but understand what you're investing in. Yes. Um, but. This goes back to what I was saying about uh, Elon Musk. The guy's brilliant. The guy understands branding. The guy um, is great at rebranding things. So him going on Twitter and he knows his uh, he's got a large following. He understands what the market is seeing. He understands people's psychology. He just kind of just starts tweeting about it. Right. right. The minute he does, everything goes up. Oh, yeah. If you're paying attention to him, he, he can make or break stocks. He can make oh. or break Bitcoin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's done it before, right? Accidentally. <laughs> what he says, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Come on. Insider Bitcoin trading. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so the doggy coin yeah. is 20 cents. Yeah. The Doge coin. It's Dogecoin. Yeah. I'm gonna call it a doggy, doggy coin. coin. Okay. A lot of people Just do. You know. My 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 son's now. He doesn't even call it dogs. Dogs. He calls them doge. Doge. Yeah. <laughs> every every dog. Come here, doge. Come here, doge. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, what you essentially have is Elon's gonna probably take over Dogecoin. They're already talking about doing network upgrades to make it a less decentralized. That's gonna take some quite take some time, right? And so if he's really going to do that, I should just go out and buy $100 worth of Dogecoins and just sit on it for 10 years. I think you should wait till if you're going to do that, this is no financial advice, right? So I'm not a financial advisor. I can't tell you what to do. And I, and I don't want you to also sell your house to buy Dogecoin. Either. Yeah. But <laughs> Jay is my financial advisor. Oh, who? Well, so whatever. Jay, <laughs> when nick calls you and he's drunk and he's playing with his uh gemini account or coinbase account yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like i'm buying five thousand please talk him off the bridge yeah no, no, no. yeah <laughs> we okay. really don't want nick doing that yeah no so uh so elon's probably going to take those rebrand it and call it something different and work with the very very small development team that they have and do something with it. We're not sure yet. And it's kind of like watch and see. Yeah, but don't you want to get into it before he jumps on it? 
Is that when it, cause everybody's going to want to do the same thing. Right. And that's kind of what's driving the market condition right now. Right. Cause it's that, Ooh, he might do something. Let's get on it. He keeps talking about it. Let's get on it. Right. But, but what and, if he doesn't? And, exactly. What if this is a whole big boy? We don't, we don't know. Why would he do that? I wouldn't. What is it? How does it? <laughs> that's where it's I would go. Meme. Think about it. No. It's to be the ultimate meme. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What is that? You ha- that's what I was looking for. Give me a reason that benefits <coughs> him, other than being a dick. I mean, you know, <laughs> it would be like the, the the greatest internet joke of all time. And you know what? Here's the whole thing. You you say there's no reason for him to do that. But if everybody buys into it and the value goes down because he decides not to do anything with it, you know, he he loses nothing. And, you know, but there's a lot of people who do. And, oh, yeah. and so, you know, by the same token, some people look at it as, as any money you lose, I gain. See, that's that sociopathic, narcissistic thing that we always have in every one of our podcasts, the word narcissist comes out. Well, how do you know that Elon Musk isn't a narcissist? Because sometimes you have to be to be successful. Successful, I'm telling you, they have proven it. The top 1% of the richest people in the world, all of them, Mm -hmm. are either sociopaths, borderline Mm -hmm. sociopaths, or bipolar Mm -hmm. narcissists. All of them. And a lot of them read the book, 48 Laws of Power. Yep. And I actually stopped reading the book. <laughs> Stop reading what book again? Uh, 48 Laws of Power. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm the kind good. of guy that reads Five Love Languages book, and Women Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. That's that's what I read. And I accidentally read financial books. Well, see, <laughs> that's what's going to make you financial genius while I'm giving all these women my money. I was going to call them something else, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and soon you won't have to give them any money you'll be giving them something else like well, bitcoin or ethereum or, or my favorite i'm gonna end up giving them something y'all <laughs> just pray that they well, don't give don't... you something back yeah exactly <laughs> let's pray oh good lord leave it up to me <laughs> No, we love you, Nick. That's 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 that's, that's what that's what makes you you. It's yeah. important. So Definitely. Maybe I will do some good if I start getting into this Bitcoin. I have heard a lot about it, but I haven't actually taken the time to do any research or anything like that. So it's yeah. it's it's a a lot of knowledge. It can be intimidating. And yes. it's very rabbit hole-ish because we still have not talked about NFTs, DeFi, other cryptocurrencies. We we Barely even touched the surface. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we need to get started off with the basics to let people like me who have absolutely no idea about it understand it enough to go, wait a minute, this is kind of interesting. You know, like when we got in the beginning, there's so much information about this. Right. With with my small little thought process brain, I'm already, I'm going, okay, this doesn't sound any fun to me. This doesn't, I don't, why do I need to know all of this information? Well, that's the trick. If you don't know all this information, you get wrecked. 
You get right. You yeah. You, <laughs> you hand somebody a hundred dollar bill and just walk away. Right, right, know, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, and I, I've been there actually. At one point in time, I had twenty seven thousand. I can talk about it now because I lost it. Right. Right. I had twenty seven thousand Ethereum tokens, and right. Ethereum was at nine dollars. Ethereum, I think, is just about to crack twenty five hundred again. Um, uh, with- uh, go all the way back to the top. Ethereum. Yep. Ether. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay. It's twenty two. Twenty two eight yeah, eighty one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, probably. Um, I I don't like doing this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. We're probably gonna probably see twenty five hundred before. Let's see when it is when's our upgrade. And so how did you ready. how did you lose if it, you bought it at ninety and it's twenty five hundred? Oh, so I, I'll explain. So I minted those tokens. So I I was actually a miner validator for for about a year and a half, and I minted those tokens and I had a business partner and he was impatient. Oh wow! So we sold. Okay. <laughs> At nine dollars. Oh, ouch! Yes, all twenty-seven thousand gone. Oh, and we had and we had one Bitcoin also. Okay. Because oh. also I was trading, right? And then the following year, uh, I got hit with a nice tax bill of twenty thousand dollars. Oh. So are you still in business with this guy? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. No, we, we we still talk, you know, but you know, he he still actually has a a pretty decent mining operation that he wanted me to come help him with, and I was like, I've moved on. <laughs> See, maybe God's putting you guys back in the path for you to go back in there and get your money back. I actually made my money back in different ways. Oh well, there you go. And uh, with my favorite currency, uh, uh, Cardano. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm looking, I'm looking it up. It up I'm right looking now. it up right now. So, all right. So, I, I'll kind of give you a, a quick overview for. Uh, so, we we talked about the 1.0 tokens, right? Yeah. So, Bitcoin is a 1.0 token. A Litecoin is a 1.0 token. That's gonna probably make it to it to 2.0. We'll see. And then uh, Dogecoin, and there's a few others that were also 1.0 tokens. Ethereum came behind um, Bitcoin. Uh, in 2015. So, um, so I, like I said, I never got a chance to buy in the Bitcoin when it was at $59. I couldn't get my parents, my coworkers, friends that I knew to buy in with me. So I never bought. I was scared. Right. 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 Um, then one of the largest exchanges at the time got hacked and they were insolvent. Right. So they didn't, they didn't have as much money and as much Bitcoin as they, they said it did because they got hacked. Yep. And that's Mount Gox. And a lot of people lost a lot of money. Wow, it was dude. terrible. But a lot of those people got their money back or got their Bitcoin back. Right. So fast forward 2015, a coworker, Ronnie Charles, comes up to me. He's like, Dave, big black dude from Louisiana, right? 20 years in the military. Dave, on crypto. Thing called Ethereum. Like, what? What, 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 what are you talking about? I'm gonna send you this article. Read it. And he leaves, right? He goes back to his desk, sends me the article. In two days, I was preparing to start mining Ethereum. Because that's what I, that, I I was like, oh, this is 
a 2.0 token at a time that wasn't really a technical term right in industry but it brought this thing called smart contract an additional feature to blockchain and I'll, i'll explain what smart contracts are so nick i'm i'm a uh manufacturer right i make a widget all right i need you to deliver the widget okay normally we need to sign a contract right with lawyers involved right now we don't need that let's use this network called ethereum i'll create a smart contract right right lines of code that are kind of contracts that we normally would sign in the real world right Jay's going to come in and he's going to do an audit for me because we need somebody to intermediate between our negotiations. So I'm going to create the smart contract. Jay's going to review it. You're going to have your Ethereum wallet. I'm going to have mine. And as you deliver my widget and someone signs off that it's delivered, instantly uh, the contract is activated and the funds. The Ethereum tokens come get out of uh, are withdrawn out of my account or wallet and go into yours. Okay. Instantly. There's no 90 day, no 60 day, no 30 day wait time. <clears throat> Game changer. Wow. Right. So now we go. Hey, uh, Jay, uh, appreciate that doing that audit. These this smart contract. It's kind of too hard for me to like handle. And I want some other people to also distribute my uh, widget worldwide. Can you create the next smart contract for me so we can go nationwide? You go, yeah, sure. And Jason creates a smart, another smart contract. And now since it's globalized, got to kind of worry about international shipping, et cetera, et cetera. So this smart contract actually grows. But he took our original smart contract, copied it, and add additional lines of code to it. So do you need to have another auditor on that one? I would recommend it. So you'd bring in another person and... Yeah, start part auditor. Correct. So that's how that gets to be global. Right. Yeah. But you're still using a global network. But you also... It's a widget. I'm physically creating something. So I kind of want to tie it to... Uh, the global system to where shipping is accounted for and et cetera, et cetera, because you and I have been doing business for a while locally. Right. So now Jay goes, uh, yeah, I need to hire a team to be able to do this. So he, at that point, would go ahead and hire a larger team to go ahead and do the audit, create a larger smart contract. And then that almost creates an industry as a whole. Right. See kind of like how we could just grow from one contract to the next, to the next, to the next, and it grows in an evolution. Right. All right. What ends up happening is uh, eventually Jay's going to go, well, I want to create my own token. Okay, cool. He can use it on the Ethereum network, right? Right. So Jay goes, oh, man. I'm going to fund this project, right? Oh, I just do what I call an initial coin offering. So what I do is I say, hey, I'm going to create a supply of tokens, right? I have a white paper detailing what my platform is going to do and how the smart contract is going to work. And as an investor, you can take your Ethereum tokens 
and or bitcoins and you give them to me and i give you uh on a portion of the supply based on a ratio right five to one ten to one etc jay turns around now he's got funding because bitcoins already existed for x amount of years already has a market uh right ethereum has now has a market and jay is adding to that market yep So I see how that kind of goes. Hey, I'll have to study it. Oh, yeah. That's why it's going to take multiple steps. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So essentially, smart contracts are like 2.0 versions of blockchain. So, and it, but all this is virtual. I don't really don't, you don't really have a, make a widget to sell or do you? You can do it that way. I mean, it's like a real thing. I made a special kind of phone. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely do it that way. You can, Mm -hmm. you can, you can. But you can also do it virtually. Or can you? Well, you would be, you you would make the widget, right? And then you would, you would go ahead and say, hey, this widget is worth X amount of Ethereum tokens. Right. And then as people pay you for the widget, you go ahead and just ship the widget out to them. You can definitely do that. But then how's the virtual part of that? I put in a hundred bucks on something. How do I get that in an aspect to grow? Am I buying Ethereum or am I buying Doji coins or am I buying it? I mean, you know as, as the, as the person who wants to buy the widget. Mm-hmm. Like if, like if you, so let's say I'm selling you the widget, I have the widget and you go, Hey Dave, how much is your widget? And I say, it's two Ethereum tokens. So now you're going to have to go buy Ethereum tokens, right? So that I can get, okay. Right, right. That's ex- exactly. And then you're going to have to take that widget and sell it or use it. But if you sell it, you've got to sell it for essentially, so if it costs you $10 for one Ethereum token, you know, and it costs two, that's a $20 piece. You want to mark it up for profit, you know. So you're going to either convert that into a U.S. dollar, which is you're going to sell it for 30 bucks, or three ethereum tokens essentially is kind of how you're looking at it you've got to be able to make profit on that widget that you just bought from him for making it right but the cool thing is too is the market is 24 7 because the network is 24 7 right so people are trading this all time all, all the time so when all times of the day yeah so when somebody can't sleep in the middle of the night or on their computer yep making widgets <laughs> <laughs> they're trading up they sell on the network right yeah. or trading on the bitcoin network yeah exactly man and right. then there's some dope stuff called nfts which we'll talk about another session time. next time yeah next session and DeFi. DeFi is <laughs> holy shit balls <laughs> <laughs> yield farming and yeah it's I, a lot man i think yeah. i'm just gonna go back to being this little old bald redneck no no no, my no, motorcycle. no 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 we're gonna pull, pull you into the 21st century <laughs> hey he he's he's emotionally secure everybody says he's really good and he's in touch so you know what why don't you touch some of that bitcoin and make yourself some money yeah man okay yeah. we're gonna see how this works okay i'm gonna get all of this i'm gonna start studying and I'm going to start getting involved with this, and I'm going to start putting some money in there. Okay. And when I come back, and I'm bitching and crying six months from now, going, you bitches owe me money. I'm gonna, no, no, You know no. what I'm going to tell you? What? You weren't patient enough. You should have yeah, let it see, stay yeah. in there three hours, three years. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. 
Sweet. Dave, man, we really appreciate you having having you on and uh interesting. A lot of stuff to learn, but it's interesting. Yeah, Dave, we really appreciate it. Um I had a baseline, a little bit of knowledge, you know, like I said, my son's talked about it a little bit, but uh definitely uh, understand it more now. Uh really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, and this is kind of what our show is about is is real people talk about what's going on. You know, not necessarily from Elon Musk, not from some hero, but real people and their understanding of what's going on in the world. And I really appreciate your your perspective on the Bitcoin situation. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys having me on. I can't wait for the next one. I know it'll be fun. It will yeah. be fun. I'll be smarter next time. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. We know what you do for a living. You're a smart guy. (laughs) Yeah, come on now. Yeah, exactly. And everybody that starts off always has an aha moment with cryptocurrency. And and then it's a light switch. And then you get addicted. You start trading too much. And then you want to look at your phone every 10 seconds. And I'm the one who says, breathe. (laughs) He's exactly right. He's exactly right. You have to kind of just walk away. And just let it. It's almost like your 401k, you know. Yeah, it's nice to check it to see if it's, you know, doing anything for you. But it's not something that you want to do every day. Just go switch it to a different stock. No, you're in it for the long haul. You need to sit there and and get the returns and see what it's going to do every year. You know, yeah, twice a year you might want to check it, maybe move it a little bit. But you don't want to do it a lot. You're really kind of, and at least that's my opinion, but, you know, coming from the guy that doesn't have a 401k anymore, hey, what can I say? So I cashed mine in to buy a house. Yes, I'm a horrible person. I know. But Hey, you uh, know what? That's just the way it goes. Just the way it goes. I wouldn't say anything that was that. For the situation, it was the, the right teeth, choice. You got kicked in the teeth. You had to step back a few steps. That's a bit of chicken wing. That's not the way it Everything's gonna come out. Everything's gonna work. But sometimes we just get kicked in the teeth. Yeah, hey, you invested. You invested in something. That's property. Yep. Yes. Well, I invested in. I invested in my family, having a home go. for them. I think that was more that's important. That, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, Jay, yeah, four hundred one k money that you're missing, we'll get it back. I know. I will. He's confident in me. No, no, no. So I I will tell you this. It's funny you say that because I actually had a conversation uh, about a year ago. A friend of mine, she retired uh, six months ago, and she actually told me she had no retirement and no 401k when she turned 50. And when she retired, she was living a comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. From 50 to 65 or 66 and a half, she built up her retirement and did it aggressively because she didn't have kids in the house anymore. So it allowed her to be very aggressive with her retirement. Wow, amazing. Never give up hope. Never give up what you can do. And never stop learning because that's the death of your humanity. You're absolutely right. Yep. So, Dave, thanks again, brother. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. A good show. Great no show. No problem, guys. I can't wait for the yep. next one. Yep. So, well, you guys, uh, you know, it's been a blast. We love bringing you Dave. Of course, we loved having Nick as usual, you know. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Hell yeah. Yep. 
Can't, uh, looking forward to our next episode too. Not just about the the Bitcoin, but we got uh, we're going to be recording a nice episode uh, for you guys, talking about um, you know real feelings, real stuff. So um, we hope you've enjoyed our past episodes, and we hope you keep listening. Thanks and follow. And yes, thanks and follow.